0: Thank you, Praise Band. What a wonderful way to lead us into uh, the breaking of the bread, the sharing of God's Word uh, with those praise songs. Hallelujah. Praise God. His name lives forever. He is higher than the rising sun. Um, that's just an exciting way for us to lead in to God's Word this morning. We're going to be looking in Psalm as we continue in the playlist that Pastor Philip has been leading us through. Uh, this summer and what a blessing it has been to be able to look at the Psalms and to have Pastor Philip unpack that for us and uh, share with us so that we can make application in our lives today here in this year 2020. Um, We're going to title our lesson today uh, Worthy to be Praised and I think you'll see that that's a very applicable title as we work our way through God's Word this morning. It is quite an honor and a privilege for me to be able to stand here in the place of Pastor Phillips' pulpit and to be able to proclaim the Word of God today. Uh, I am no preacher. Uh, I am a Bible teacher, and there is a big difference in that. So uh, I just pray that, uh, that I'll be able to step out of the way and that God's Word will minister to you today as it has already ministered to me as preparation has been made uh, to preach this morning. Um, it is great to see you. It is, uh, it is our practice here. It was my father's practice uh, for 47 years when he was in the ministry for us to stand in reverence to the reading of God's Word. So if you would, turn in your Bibles or your devices, to uh, uh, Psalms 145, and let's stand as I'm going to lead us in the Word of God this morning. And you follow along with me, those of you here and those of you online. Psalm 145, David's Psalm of Praise. David is talking here. He says, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty, and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness." They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and His tender mercies are all over His works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men the mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season." Thou openest thine hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him and to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him and he will also hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked... Will he destroy? My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Let's ask God's blessing upon the reading of his word. Father, we thank you for the power of the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that in the word of God lies all of the answers to this life, to the riddles of life, Lord, to the the growth, to the challenges, to all of the issues that flow out of the human heart, Lord, we can find those answers in the Word of God. And Lord, as we uh, look at Psalm 145 today and we talk about the one and the only one that is worthy to be praised, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to my heart first and then, Lord, as you will and as the Spirit moves, I pray that you will speak to those that are online listening and those that are here, Lord that you would um, illumine our minds, that you would convict where conviction is needed, that you will challenge where challenge is needed. Father, that you will comfort those that are weary and worn down. And Father, I pray that you be praised and glorified in all that is said and done here through us, with us, in us, flow out of us, Lord the nature of Christ, the love of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Here we are nearing the end of the book of Psalms. There are 150 chapters in the book of Psalms. We're going to look at all 21 verses in Psalms chapter 145. It is, of course, is written by King David, and and, and there's some other authors that have contributed to uh, the Book of Psalms, but the majority of these words that we study in Psalms are written by King David. And um, here in these chapters one forty five to the end of Psalm chapter 150, we would call this the doxology of praise or the praise doxology. Uh, through these five chapters, as we end the book of Psalm, the word praise, is written by King David no less than 46 times in these five chapters. So if someone is writing me a letter and they emphasize a word or a thought 46 different times, I'm going to think that they are trying to tell me something. I'm going to think that they are trying to help me dive deeper or understand what is on their mind and what is on their hearts. So we hear this word praise a lot. The praise band sang some marvelous songs to lead us and to have our minds and our hearts prepared for worship. This idea of praise. um, As soon as I said that word, you probably conjured up in your mind some, some different thoughts, some different words, actions that you associate with this idea of praise or this word praise. Now, many of you that know me know that I'm a wordsmith, okay? Um, Words mean something to me. Words are powerful, okay? They mean something, and so I enjoy studying the Bible. I enjoy reading history. I enjoy good autobiographies. To me, words are powerful, and that is why James tells us in the New Testament this little thing that we have inside our mouth called a tongue, that is why it is so powerful and why we need to have control of it. It can either bless or it can curse. And so when I see this word praise, it is an important word in Psalm chapter 145. So I'm trying to think, okay, how can, how can we understand this word praise and the context that David gives to us here in the writing of this chapter. And so I thought, well, I'll go to old Daniel Webster. How many of you know him? Y'all know Daniel Webster? Okay. So I, you know, my wife, now she's the queen of Google. Okay. She, I'm telling you, her thumbs are so fat. I mean, she can Google up anything. I used to always like to go to my concordance, you know, my concordance in my My home is about this thick. Okay, you know Strong's Concordance. How many of you know what I'm talking about there? Okay, it's about this thick, and it probably weighs six pounds, you know, like this. Well, I can't even get to it to be able to pull it off the shelf until my wife has already Googled a a word or something in the Bible, and we're trying to think, where is it located? Where is that word bow? Where is it located? I'm old school, so I'm going to go and see what Mr. Daniel Webster has to say about this word praise. So here's what he says, and I thought it was great. To express approval or admiration. To glorify. And I thought, that's spot on. That's what David is calling us to do here in Psalm 145. To praise the one and only that deserves our praise. And that—that that is God and His Son, Jesus Christ. So then I thought, okay, it is to express approval or admiration. It is to glorify. All right, let's go to that other book that you all may look at from time to time. I do. Roger's Thesaurus. How many of you are familiar with that? Okay, that's where you can get synonyms, okay? Like words, like meaning. And so I, I looked at that word praise, and here are some synonyms that can flow and go along with us in our study today as we praise the one and the only one that is worthy to be praised. Acclaim, applaud, commend, extol, compliment, flatter, laud. So if you take the definition, the literal definition of praise, that David writes 46 times in five chapters. And if you take that and then you add some words that have similar meaning to this, here's what we can take away from this. David is reminding us in Psalms 145 that we are simply to recognize God for His greatness and His grace. That's simply what praising God We can take away from that. And we are to do that every day. And we'll get into that a little bit later in our lesson today. How important it is to praise God, not just here on Sunday morning from 10.30 to 11.30, but to praise God every day, wherever your life may take you be in a constant praise mode to the mighty one, the one that is worthy to be, pra- to be praised. I like a quote that Matthew Henry um, put, so if we get that on the, uh, the, the screen there. Um, Matthew Henry, great Bible commentator, uh, Presbyterian minister, lived and wrote back in the 1700s. I love what he says here. Look at it on the screen with me. It's on your outline as well. He says about this idea of praise, Be not afraid of saying too much in the praises of God. All the danger is of saying too little. And I thought, wow, Mr. Matthew Henry, that is spot on. That lines up so well with what David is teaching us here in Psalms 145. Let me ask a few questions as we get started here this morning. Number one, why is God worthy to be praised? Number two, how do we praise God? And thirdly, when do we praise God? In the time we have left, about an hour, I want to give you three, three short truths that we can take away from our message this morning. Okay, The first thing I want you to know here is we are to praise God for His mighty acts. We are to praise God for His mighty acts. And we find this in the first seven verses of what David has written here in Psalm 145. Now I want you to notice in verse number 1, I was reading from the New King James Version, and it has the word, I will extol, E-X-T-O-L. Your translations may have the word exalt, but it means the same thing. It is to lift high. It is to raise up our praise for Almighty God. Now, I want you to look at this question so we know that we should praise God, David tells us that we should praise God. He praises God. And so, when do we praise God? The answer is right there in verse number 2. Look look in verse number 2. Every day I will bless thee and praise his name forever and forever. Why do we praise God every day? Look in verse number 3. Because he is great. So folks, don't leave here thinking on a human level. My prayer is for us to dive deeper and leave here on a spiritual level. So what I want you to think about in this idea of praising God for his mighty acts is It's really quite easy to do. Anyone can do it. Here's what we do. We open our spiritual eyes and we see God's unsearchable greatness all around us. How many of you stepped outside early this morning and felt that little lower humidity My wife and I had our first cup of coffee out on the front porch this morning preparing our hearts and minds for worship today. And it was glorious to be out there early this morning. Now it's going to crank up and it's going to be hot today and the rest of the week. But this morning, just praise God for that little bit of lower humidity. Praise God for the ability to sit and to have a cup of coffee. Praise God for a good night's rest last night. Praise God that when I woke up this morning I was breathing. Praising God is a mindset. It is something that we do all the time. We can close our human eyes and we can open our spiritual eyes and we can see God's unsearchable greatness all around us. So let me give you something to think about here. I'm I'm all about practicality and I'm about application, all right? So I, I thought to myself, how can we personalize this first seven verses where we are to praise God for his mighty acts? Okay, let me share something with you from my family. So from my family, we have this phrase that we will use quite often and we will simply say this. We will say, that is just a God thing. That is just a God thing. Now, when I said that, my family, which is sitting over here to my left, they know exactly what I'm describing and what I'm talking about. Now, you may not know exactly what a God thing is, but you have had God things in your life, and you will continue to have God things in your life, and for that, both you and I can praise God for His mighty acts. Let me tell you what a God thing is. A God thing is this. It is where there is no amount of human ingenuity, no amount of human intervention, and no amount of human effort can bring about a desired outcome or undo a wrong, or reverse a situation. It is simply a God thing. God somehow in His greatness and in His unsearchable ways orchestrates and brings to us something that you can only describe it and explain it as a God thing. There were several God things that happened in my life back in the year 2018, and one of those was getting our son and our daughter in law and our three grandchildren back to the United States from a foreign country. I will tell you this, folks, that was only a God thing. That was only a God thing. There was no human effort, there was no human intervention, there was no human ingenuity. That could take place. It was simply a God thing. God orchestrating through foreign governments and through uh, uh, foreign entities and working all of that to come home. There have been God things all through my life that I praise God for. All all things, Um, able to to finish up a a long career in sales. And uh, I just think back over all of those four decades of work and I can just time and time and time again just see a God thing taking place. And so that is how we look at this praising God for his mighty acts. You have those God things in your life. I'm not going to call names, but I'm looking at some of you And I know because you have shared with me God things that have taken place in your life. Praise God for those things. Stay faithful to God and you will see more God things that will take place in your life because He is unsearchable in His greatness and in His grace. Now, no doubt, David, in these verses of uh, 1 through 7 that we're talking about here, no doubt he's referring to the mighty acts that he has personally seen. Folks, this is the same young shepherd that faced the giant Goliath, okay? Have you ever had some Goliaths in your life before? Okay? Have you ever stood there and trembled? because of overwhelming odds and challenges that are all over, and you see no human ingenuity, intervention, or effort that's going to get you out of that, well, praise the Lord, God's got you right where He wants you because He's about to demonstrate a God thing for you, okay? And so no doubt David is reminiscing and he's thinking as he writes these verses in in chapter 145, he's thinking about, the famine uh, that the Israelites went through. He's thinking about the bondage they were in. He's thinking about all the times that God had protected his nation Israel. He's thinking about all the times that God delivered his people. And he's thinking about innumerable victories in the face of overwhelming odds. And David chronicles that. He pins that in these first seven verses here in psalms 145 notice verse number four i love this verse we are to tell and retail these mighty acts or god things to our children our grandchildren from generation to generation and notice verse number five david says we are to speak and meditate on these mighty acts um it is in, it is our practice in our family that we do just that. We share. My parents shared with me how God provided for them in their lives and in their ministry. And I, in turn, share with my children how God had provided for Wanda and I and the God things that we had seen in our lives. And now it is transferred down to the next generation and on to the next generation. And so David is telling us parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, speak often, tell and retell of great testimonies and stories of how God has done great things for you. When he talks about meditating here, verse number 5, when he, when he talks about um, um, speaking and meditating, we're not talking about that type of meditation where you close your eyes and you think of another place and over time you are somehow able to empty your mind of all conscious thought and you somehow just like, I don't know, you're like out there and I don't know where you are, but you're just kind of out there and you empty your mind of everything you know. No, exactly the opposite. When we talk about meditating on God's Word, we talk about focusing on the living God, the God with greatness and immeasurable grace. No, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the recalling. We're talking about the retelling. We're talking about the reflecting. We're talking about the mulling over of God's greatness and His wonderful acts that He has done in our lives. Secondly, David tells us in verses 8 through 16, he says, not only are we to praise God for His mighty acts, but we are to praise God for His everlasting kingdom. In these verses, 8 through 16, we see David, the writer, he pivots away from from the idea of reminiscing and recalling and retelling and celebrating over and over again great and mighty acts done, he pivots away from that and he says, we are now to praise God for another reason, and that is to praise God for his great nature, for his very nature, the marvelous nature of almighty God. Now, let me ask you this question. What is then the nature of God? What what is David referring to here when he says we are to praise him for his nature? Well, let's look. Verse 8, verse 9, verse 17. That These all, David gives us the glimpses of the nature of God. Verse number 8, we see that God is gracious. We see that God is compassionate. We see that God is slow to anger. We see that God... Is self controlled. Verse number nine, we see that God is merciful, we see that God is good, and we see that God is tender. And then in verse 17, we see that God is both righteous and he is both kind. Middle aged woman goes to her doctor for her annual physical. And so, as part of that annual physical, the doctor is asking her questions. And one of the questions that her doctor asked her, he says, do you sometimes wake up grumpy in the morning? And the lady thought for just a second, and she answered in this fashion. She said, no, I usually just let him sleep. You know what? It's hard sometimes to reflect and mirror the nature of God, isn't it? They're just sometimes, I don't feel like being nice. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't feel like being kind. I just feel like being mean, you know, and doing something mean. That's the nature that is within us. That's what wants to come out. We have a saying in our family. I'm not going to name names, but they will know who I'm talking about when I say this. But we take the phrase hungry and we take the phrase angry. And there are some people in our family that when they get hungry, they get angry. And so we combine those and we call them hangry. You're hangry. Go get something to eat. And sometimes it's difficult to reflect the goodness and the marvelous nature of God. We all get grumpy, don't we? We all have an ill temper, don't we? And sometimes we don't feel like being kind. And sometimes we're very hard on people, are we not? Am I right? We're hard on people sometimes. God has compassion, praise the Lord, for His unsearchable grace and mercy that He shows to us. So, not only is David teaching us that we are to praise God for His everlasting kingdom, that nature that makes up God, but it doesn't stop there. David is telling us that as children of God, we're not only called to praise Him for His nature, but we are called to imitate His nature. So we are called to be gracious. We are called to be compassionate. We are called to be slow to anger. We are called to have self-control, to be merciful, to be good, to be tender, to be righteous, and to be kind. All right, let me pause right there, and and I know what you're thinking, because I think the same thing. You're saying, whoa, Daniel, whoa. That's a pretty high standard you just put on us. I know it is. I, I can't live up to that standard. Ask my wife. My wife sees me all the time. She knows. She knows me better than I know myself. It's hard to live up to that standard. Folks, I understand that. I know that. Some of us may struggle with a temper. Some of us may be prone to, to, as I call it, fly off the handle. Some of us may lack compassion when someone does not do right. And some of us may not be, want to show the gentleness and the kindness that we have. Yes to all of these human emotions and more. Yes, that's the humanity that comes out of us but we are to praise God for His marvelous nature and we are to imitate His marvelous nature. You see, when we truly praise God for His everlasting kingdom by what He has done through His Son, Jesus Christ, then we can respond... By living godly lives and the true nature of God will flow out of us. Now that is so important. I'm going to say that one more time. When we truly understand what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ, when we truly understand that, then we can begin to understand the importance of His nature flowing into us so that it flows out of us so that we demonstrate the love of Christ to those around us. There's a lot of chatter in the world today. There's a lot of noise in the world today. But I want to tell you where all of that starts. It starts right here in the human heart. When we begin to take on the nature of God through what His Son Jesus Christ did for us, then out of that will flow these qualities that we see in God. Look in what I love about the Bible in the few minutes we have left. Look at Ephesians chapter number 4 and I want you to look at the first four verses. Ephesians chapter 4 and I want you to look at verses 1 through 4. I love it. I love it when Scripture teaches Scripture. Scripture validates Scripture. That's what makes the Bible the one and only authority in this world and in our lives. Let me read to you what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 4 when he talks about how we are to respond to God because of what he's done for us through his son Jesus Christ. He says this, Paul says, He begs us to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. For there is one body and one spirit just as you just as you have been called one glorious hope for the future. Absolutely. Praise God for His everlasting kingdom. Absolutely praise God, as David tells us, for God's marvelous nature. But don't stop there. Don't stop there praising Him every day for His marvelous nature. Grow with Him. Submit to Him. Allow His nature to seep into every pore of your skin and get inside of you so that when you get squeezed, that nature and that goodness and mercy and self-control comes and flows out. That is what we are to do with God on a daily basis. Let me give you the third truth that David gives us. We find this in verses 17 through 21. Praise God for His acts of deliverance. Praise God for His acts of deliverance. In these final verses in Psalm 145, we see David personalize his letter and his words to us. We see him take it from here and he brings it down now to where he's speaking to me, Daniel Perry. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to Wanda Perry. He personalizes this need for praise This 46 times that he writes and and emphasizes the word praise throughout Psalm 145. Notice, Notice what David says. There are four types of children that God will draw near to and that God will deliver. There are four types. They're found right there in verses 17 through 21. I want you to notice the first type found there in verse number 18. Those who pray. You're missing something in your life. You're facing a Goliath in your life. There's no human ingenuity. There's no human intervention. There's no human effort that can overcome it. Have you tried prayer? Have you tried praying to the one and only? Secondly, verse number 19, God comes to those, God delivers those who fear Him. Fear here is not a negative connotation. It is an idea of reverence and respect for Almighty God. Are you facing things in your life that seem overwhelming? Maybe try reverencing and respecting God and praising Him. Verse number 19, God comes near to those that have a broken heart. Has your heart ever been broken? Has your heart ever been broken? Have you ever been crushed in spirit? Have you ever been laid low by life? Sure you have, just as I have. I've had my legs kicked out from under me and I didn't even see it coming. Those who are broken hearted God will draw near. Those who are brokenhearted, God will deliver. Praise God. He is worthy to be praised. So pray, respect, reverence God. You have a broken heart, God will draw near to you. And lastly, verse number 18. Those who draw near to God, God will draw near to you. God's not going to chase you God's not going to spend every hour of every day trying to find you and bring you home. But the moment that you turn about face and you reverse course and you say, God, I'm coming home, God will rush to you. He will flee to you. He will come to you so quickly Those who draw near to God, God will draw near to. James, again, Scripture, validating Scripture. I love it in James chapter 4, verse number 8. James tells us, he says, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Praise God. Let me ask you to close your Bibles. Put your notes up. Put your pens up. We're going to have a a song of uh, invitation here in just a few minutes. And we're going to do something a little bit um, differently today. Um, I'm going to ask my wife. uh, She's going to come down here. Wanda's going to join me here at the altar. And uh, my wife and I are going to pray. And um, I'm going to tell you right now, there's three things that my wife and I are going to pray for. Number one, we're going to praise God for the God things that he has done in our lives. Uh, You want to spend about three days with me? That will only begin to give me the opportunity to tell you some of the God things that God has done in our lives and continues to do. Then secondly, uh, we're going to rededicate our life, and we're going to recommit our life to service to God. And then thirdly, we're going to pray for our country. We're going to pray for our nation, and we're going to pray for our leaders. Now, you you can praise God, and you can pray uh, and do business with God right where you are. But if you want to join us down here at the altar, you are more than welcome to do that. Um, so as the praise band comes on and as we get ready, I'm going to lead us in a prayer in just a moment, and we'll be finished up, and uh, we'll be ready to go. Be sure and speak to those that are visiting with us and those that are, uh, uh, have joined us. And those that are online, it's been wonderful to have you be safe And praise God every day for his marvelous and great works. I want to tell you there's a verse in the Bible. It's in Romans. It's in chapter 14. It's verse 11. I think it's a very timely verse for us in our world today. And that verse simply says this It says, One day every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that I am the Lord Jesus Christ, He that liveth. So I'm going to ask you right now, as the band plays, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to bow my knee right there to the only place that is worthy of being praised. And so please stand, enjoy the praise band, and then we'll have one verse to send us out. Okay? Will you stand?